Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. Welcome back, and if this is your first time, thank you for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, Palentine's, whatever you call it, or maybe it's just a regular normal day and you do not observe. That is fine. Either way, I hope you've had a good week, and I'm excited that you're here. Right off the bat, I want to start with a reminder that Susto will be attending the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. If you don't remember, what that is, let me ask you, are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? Then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival taking place in Austin, Texas from August 25th to 27th, 2023. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts with a special focus on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience. Don't miss out on the chance to connect with other advocates and take your passion for true crime and the paranormal to the next level. Book your tickets today at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and be part of this amazing event. Starting today, February 16th, you can use code SUSTO for 15% off your attendee and attendee VIP tickets. Again, I will be there tabling, I will have merch, I will be hanging out, talking to people, hopefully collecting your stories. So I'm very excited to do this. This is the first live event that SUSTO has signed up for. So I'm very excited to be there, to be hanging out with other creators, with other paranormal lovers, and to hopefully meet you if you join us. Again, the festival is from August 25th through the 27th. 7th, and you can use code SUSTO for 15% off of your attendee or VIP attendee tickets. You know what? I think that's the only update I have for you all. As always, make sure to follow at SUSTO Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to send in your own scary stories, you can do so by sending me a DM to those socials. You can also email me to SUSTOPodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave it in a five-star review, which is another thing I would super appreciate if you left a review or a rating wherever you happen to listen. With that being said and out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which is The Legend of El Mohan. In the depths of the Colombian jungle, there is a legend of a creature that few dare to speak of. He is known as El Mohan, a powerful being of staggering size, half man, half giant, who rules over the rivers and lakes, and is known to be a trickster who likes to kidnap the women of the surrounding towns. One summer, a group of young tourists decided to venture deep into the jungle to explore the beauty of the untamed wilderness. They heard whispers of the legend of El Mohan, but they dismissed it as nothing more than local superstition, a cautionary tale for young women. Little did they know, they were about to experience the terror this beast had instilled in the hearts of the locals for generations. As the group set up their camp near a quiet river, they couldn't help but feel like they were being watched, but they tried to shrug off the feeling and went about their day, hiking through the dense forest and taking in the breathtaking views. As night fell, they gathered around the campfire, telling stories and laughing, but their merriment was short-lived. They began to hear strange noises, the sound of twigs snapping, leaves rustling, and whispers carried on the wind. 
Suddenly, a tall, imposing figure emerged from the darkness. He wore a cloak made of leaves and vines, and his nails were long and blackened with dirt or blood. His piercing eyes glowed in the moonlight as he approached the group, his long, wild hair blowing in the breeze. The group wanted to run, but they found that they couldn't move. They were paralyzed with fear, and as the man drew closer, they felt his power take hold of their minds. He spoke to them in a language they couldn't understand, and they felt his words echoing in their thoughts. As the night wore on, the group was plagued with strange visions, images of monsters, ghosts, and demons that seemed to be real. They felt as though they were trapped in a nightmare, unable to wake up. The next morning, they regained consciousness only to find they had been transported to a different part of the jungle. They quickly discovered one of their friends was missing. They searched for her frantically, but there was no sign of her. As the days went by, the group realized that they were not alone in the jungle. They saw strange apparitions lurking in the shadows, and when they paused to catch their breath, they found enormous footprints around them. They knew that El Mohan was stalking them, waiting for the right moment to pluck another victim from the group. One night, as they huddled together, they saw the figure of a young woman emerge from the darkness. She was pale and thin, and her eyes were vacant. As she approached them, they realized with horror that it was their missing friend. She had been taken by El Mohan and survived unspeakable torture. The group knew that they had to leave the jungle at once, but they were lost and disoriented. They wandered for days with El Mohan taunting them every step of the way. He would appear before them in different forms. A snake, a jaguar, a ghost. And he would play with their minds, making them believe they were safe before snatching them away one by one, occasionally sparing a life. As they stumbled through the jungle, they encountered the bodies of other victims, women who had been taken and left for dead. They realized with growing horror that they were not the first group to fall prey to his tricks. In the end, only a few of the group made it out of the jungle alive. They emerged battered and traumatized, haunted by the memory of Mohan and the horrors they had witnessed. They warned others never to venture deep into the Colombian jungle, and to heed the warnings of the locals about the dreadful giant. So immediately, this story reminds me of the story that I recently did of Lanawai, which is more of like a werewolf shapeshifter kind of thing compared to this one that is more akin to, I would say, a Bigfoot. I think the only way that it reminded me of it, though, was that in this story, Mohan is said to shapeshift, which is not a detail that I saw come up often, but it was still worth mentioning. But again, there's this idea of this jungle dweller who seems to maybe protect it or to keep people out from untouched areas, which to me sounds like a protector, right? But of course by any means possible, which oftentimes means hurting people. The only other thing really that 
I thought was a striking difference was that El Mohan kidnaps women and and does whatever to them. So already don't like this guy. But the three links that I used for this, and as always, you can find the direct links in Patreon. Uh, that's the Susta Google Docs. So the three links that I used were an entry into WordPress. The second one was, of course, Wikipedia, and also a a website. It's another WordPress. It's Colombian, not Columbia site. There's a third link that I have here, and this is a map of Bigfoot names across North America and the world, which I thought was really interesting. This is from Rogaru Studios. It has all of these broken up, and I was able to find El Mohan. Yeah, but they have El Mohan on this map in a different area. They have him somewhere in Bolivia and in parts of Paraguay. And on this map on Colombia, they have the name is Mono Grande, which is just like giant monkey. This map has has it called as Mono Grande and Mohan uh, in a different area. But I'm going to go with the first link with the WordPress. It's Colombia. Or maybe it's calling me out and it's saying it's Colombia, not Colombia. <laughs> um, I fell for it. Well, so... Just to read from this entry, it's pretty short. El Mohan is one of the best-known myths in Colombia, and it tells the story of a creature with a lot of hair and huge hands with pointed nails that can easily tear flesh apart. He is originally from a region called Huila, as people have claimed seeing him only around that area. Even though El Mohan has a very scary appearance, he just likes to play pranks on people, like stealing fish from fishermen and scaring women by seducing them first and then showing his real appearance. I'm just gonna say... Stealing fish and then seducing women under the guise that you look like some somebody else is not funny. That's not a prank. So again, do not like this dude whatsoever. But this continues. However, seeing El Mohan is never good because he rarely likes to show himself to people. But when he does, it means that something really bad is going to happen. So we see this time and time again with a lot of these stories, much like La Llorona, I could name any episode, you know, that I've done. A lot of the time, these creatures or entities are harbing... What's the word? Harbinger? Basically, they're bad omens, right? Like, when you see them or you hear them, it means nothing good is going to happen. With this guy, possibly so, because he is known to physically attack people. So, of course, you know, if you see a bear in the wild, it means something bad's going to happen. Like, yeah, because this dude is unhinged. Okay, but again, to continue, this says... Among the catastrophes, there could be earthquakes, flooding, illnesses, and so on, which is why most people are afraid of him. Okay, so then that completely turns it around. And this gives me, honestly, like, Mothman vibes. Where when people see Mothman, it's a sign that some sort of disaster is going to happen. And nothing that is ultimately, I guess, directly caused by this thing. It just happens to happen after they're seen. So that's very interesting. It says El Mohan can be found in the woods or in small villages at all times. He runs really fast and once he sees someone, he tries to scare them away by running behind them or pushing them before disappearing behind a tree or a bush. I feel like if a a regular sized person was just running behind me, that would freak me out. I might I might fight, but I would most likely flight. I would most likely also run away and be like, what the hell? But the fact that this guy is supposed to be huge and it looks like like half animal, half man, basically. Uh, yeah, of course, I would also run. This says his physical appearance makes it easier for him to hide in the brushwood. But if someone does see him, he does not really care. His long hair and huge hands are scary enough to make people run away from him. But if that does not scare them, the stories of all the catastrophes that his character attracts definitely will. 
the size aside, I think running into anybody in the wild and not knowing who they are or what like what their plan is, you know, would freak anyone out. The Wikipedia page, and this one has different names for him. Two of them are pronounced pretty much the same, but there's one that was different and that I, I, I'm not sure where this name comes from, but this says the Muan, Muan, or Muan, sometimes also known as Boira, is a name applied to several mythological or otherwise supernatural creatures in South and Central American folklore. The most common and widespread use of the term is to refer to the souls of the dead and the indigenous ancestors of old. The word is also used for shamans or witch doctors in some Colombian indigenous cultures, such as the Panches. So this is like almost completely different, but also the image that's on this page associated with the Moan here, it looks like the same thing. So I wonder if maybe the Moan is just like an archetype of a shaman person who just looks like a wild person, you know, they're, of course, like if you're off the grid and you don't, you don't go to a barber, you don't trim your beard up, you know, (laughs) you're just out there living. And so they probably look striking to people because everyone is used to, or majority of people are used to living in like a quote unquote proper society, I guess, you know, like there's typical rules that people follow in ways that we are expected to look. So yeah, seeing someone off the grid, you know, he could just be a shaman, but There's a short history entry in this Wikipedia page, and it says, Various different legends exist about the Moan, with many of them emerging from Colombia. In Colombia, Moan can also mean a forest or barren land spirit. In some legends, it is a satyr-like being who steals and rapes young women and lives in a cave-like grotto in the bottom of the great jungle rivers where he keeps his female captives. In others, it is depicted as a spirit of an, and I'm using the phrasing from this entry, it says, of an old Indian, brawny and stout, with a terrifying grin and stare, with larger-than-human stature and proportions, who steals fishermen's bait, catch or nets, and has the power to change shape into a cat-like beast. So here's this idea of a shapeshifter once more. Other legends describe the Moan as a big-headed Indian, again, these are the words from this entry, with short legs and fish fins on his back and very brown. He is portrayed as an extremely hairy being with a very treacherous personality who dwells in the backwaters and is feared by many people. He also causes mischief for young girls who come out to wash clothes in the water. I would say more than mischief, if we're being honest. The Moan is also known as an avatar whose form shamans are able to adopt. One myth tells of how a shaman became an alligator in order to be close to the girls who played in the river. Gross. The shaman was not able to fully transform back into a human and became an alligator with a human head. The Boida, whose name is interchangeable with the Moan, is described by others as an Indian warlock who lives on the Cerro de Pacande in Tolima, Colombia. The Boira is also believed to be a small, naked, invisible boy or adult who can also appear formless or as a black bear. So just everyone shapeshifts in the jungle. That's anytime you go into a jungle or into the wilderness, nothing is what it is. It it is a shapeshifter. That is not a squirrel, shapeshifter. Not a raccoon, shapeshifter. Not a lizard, shapeshifter. I'm never going to trust any animal I see. I'm going to be like, you're a wizard. Stay away from me or grant me wishes. Okay, so... The next entry is Ilombo Ekjuro. Uh, it's a WordPress page, and they have an entry on El Moan. And I'm now realizing that I th- I may have pronounced Mohan incorrectly in the story. I think I said Mohan, and I want to say, looking at it now, reading all of this, it's actually pronounced Moan, but I'm not too sure. 
Either way, if if you happen to know, please let me know. All right, um, this one is a longer entry, and there is this seems to be like a collection of shorter stories. Okay, I'm going to read one of the paragraphs from this entry. It says, These stories tell of the Moan, also sometimes known as the Boida. The stories differ in numerous ways. Upriver, in the mountainous southernmost portions of the valley, they often speak of the Moan with fear. They say he is all black with red flashing eyes. Sightings of the Moan there are seen as a portent of future disasters such as floods, earthquakes, and disease. All right, like we mentioned earlier. This continues a little farther downstream. He cuts a slightly less malignant figure, a dark-skinned giant with bright reddish eyes and crooked gold teeth. Honestly, that sounds like one of my uncles. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I've seen many people that look like this. Bloodshot eyes, dark-skinned, gold teeth. It's fine. It just looks like a normal person, but he's huge, apparently. This continues, As the water passes the white peaks of Los Nevados, the final resting place of the souls of the dead, according to Muisca belief, the accounts change yet again. There, the Moan is seen as a small, muscular man who is quite sociable, making appearances in the towns and even partying into the night. Again, sounds like a regular dude, but always vanishing without a trace. Regular dude stuff. Returning to the river. (laughs) So many differences suggest that there are actually numerous Moans. This is a question that I have all the time when when we come across a story like this with this uh, creature or even like a type of spirit, right? Is is it just one? You know, is there one Lechusa? Is there one Nawai? You know, it's like, is there one Moan? Um, It's an interesting question to ask because this seems like this is more of like an archetype of a type of creature. Um, Or is there one Bigfoot out there? You know, this continues. Most accounts agree that his appearance is unkempt, long hair, long beard, long nails, or else animalistic. They say he is usually found smoking a strong cigar, at least in part to keep mosquitoes away. Boaters are wary of turning a corner and finding him sitting on the banks, watching them in a cloud of smoke. That is a creepy thing to like, Think that you're going to experience or you're going to run into. He might at times be glimpsed fixing nets and singing, or on stormy nights he might be heard laughing loudly while fishing in the rain. Occasionally he is known to play tiple, tiple. This is similar to a guitar or flute, making careful attention to the soundscape an essential part of river navigation. Yet the Moan is said to have the ability to disguise himself if need be, normally in order to visit a market in search of tobacco, aguardiente liquor, or women. So interesting. This continues, the Moan is infamous for abducting women. He is said to use tricks, including hypnotism, to seduce the women washing clothes along the river, a reason to never do the washing alone. At times, he would make promises to the women of eternal youth if only they would follow him below the river's surface. All along the banks of the Magdalena, the women told such tales. The stories spread throughout the department of Tolima and along the river's tributaries in Huila and Cundinamarca. The most vulnerable women, they say, are virgins, particularly if menstruating. Menstrual blood will attract the Moan from the depths, and after securing his prey by deception or force, he will take her back down to his home below the water. There, she would join his collection of captive consorts. On moonlit nights, perhaps she would emerge again with the rest of his mistresses to dance on the branches as the Moan plucked his tiple and laughed. So now there's this element of him, I mean, generally being an overall bad person by kidnapping these women and coercing them to stay with him. But it's interesting that that coercion or that hypnotism is happening by way of music. And it reminds me of a story that we've done on here. I think 
think it was the story of El Sombreron, where he stands outside young women's windows and he serenades them with a guitar and makes them fall in love. So much so that when he eventually leaves them or abandons them or is ran off by their family, that these young women want to take their lives. They want to end their lives because they can't have him anymore. And he's left them just mad with love. So this continues really just to say that he doesn't treat men the same way, of course, that he treats men better. He'll mess with them in terms, like if they're fishing, he'll play pranks or mess with their boats maybe, but it's more amicable, more diplomatic. He doesn't really hurt them or kidnap them. So yeah, again, this guy's just a full-on creep. And so what I'm seeing here is that there are stories that have been written about El Moan and even music. So a part of this entry says, Such is the tale told by writer Flor Romero in the story El Moan Enamorado. It is also the basis of the Guabina song El Rio y El Moan, written by José Villaba and recorded by Garzón and Goyazos. And there's a lot more to this entry that is t- it's telling kind of shorter stories about people's interactions with the Moan, but it ends eventually with an origin story of the Moan claims that as the Spanish priests arrived and the Moanas took to the river, some other people became animals and fled into the forests. This resonates with stories that some jumped off Tequendama Falls and became eagles flying away. It is unsure what methods the Moan, or Colombians in general, will find to adapt to the challenges that they will face tomorrow. But this time, like before, the Moan sees what's coming before the rest of us. Maybe he will impart some of that knowledge to us in his songs of cigar smoke, before the last net is cast in the Magdalena River, and the last macabre laugh echoes along the banks on a stormy night. Or maybe he'll just drag us all down with him. Wow, this is awesome. I think one thing I really couldn't find a longer explanation for was this idea that was in the story of him being able to communicate with people and what language he may have spoken. It could be because he is so off the grid and he's not kind of incorporated into society that, you know, he has his own language that he speaks and whatever that may sound like, who knows. But then this entry did just say that he often will disguise himself to go into town and get what he needs. But I mean, as you all know, a lot of these stories are all very dependent on where they're coming from. So even in one part of a country, it can be different from the next door statehood or even town, village, or city, you know. These stories become so specific depending on who is telling them and where that person is from. But again, overall, not a good guy. Zero out of ten, zero stars. Do not recommend him as a friend.
Once again, thank you all so much for joining me. And one more time, reminding you that Susto will be attending the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. Make sure to use code SUSTO for 15% off your attendee and attendee VIP tickets. Again, that's going to be happening here in Austin, August 25th through the 27th. Make sure to visit the website truecrimepodcastfestival.com to get your tickets for 15% off using code SUSTO. If you all have your own scary story that you want me to share, of course, you know how to do that. You can send me a DM on the socials. That's at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also send it to me in an email to sustopodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave it on a five-star review. Those reviews, those ratings, they help me so much. So if you have not done it yet, please do so. You can do it in a matter of one or two clicks, and it means the underworld to me. And again, Susto could not be possible without the support of you all and without the support of the patrons. Shout out to the patrons this week and you are Liza, Sadie, Rachel, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, Dee, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Mandy, Julianne, Karen, Lori, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anna, Denise, Jenny, Ashes, Neresa, Amanda, Rachel, Asukena, and Javier. Thank you all so much for your support. I will see you on the internet and stay out of the jungle. Bye.